Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening. And if you think I've got more energy, that's because I've got to keep up with my guest tonight. Uh, a man who uh, has been away from the show for far too long, um, but it's great to have him back. It's Cornflake, um, the uh, good-looking Steve um, from the Deep South. How are you doing, sir? More energy. I'll take that. I'm good. Myself. Long time no see. This just happened to be passing by this part of the block, so I thought I'd just you know stop in. Um, for a, a quiet beverage, since this is a drinking show, isn't it? On a Monday night, Absolutely. since we're all Go having a, a great holiday, you know, no one has to work today unless you're a poor sap that works in retail and has to deal with all the, the rubbish that people go on with. But yeah, hey, sweet, no work, free time, I'm back. You're back, you're back in your bad, and uh, yeah, and obviously, you, you don't work in retail anymore, which is a good thing. Uh, evening, Robbie, who's in the live chat, um, because yeah, now you now you've now you've moved on up, upwards and onwards. Um, Rob, I like Robbie. You like Robbie? Do you? That's good. <laughs> you like Robbie because he's because he's because he likes because you because you're a Pacers. You know, you're a Pacers he can, fan. He can recognise the the tank the tank of 2022, but don't worry, 2023 will be different. <laughs> this will be it's, it'll be your year. Don't worry, your, your, your year next year. <laughs> easy worry. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> As they say. So what we're going to do tonight, well, we'll have a quick chat out some news um, with uh, some some signing news, a bit of uh, a bit of Black Ferns chat, because, hey, why not? Um, and uh, then um, we will uh, have a talk about the Super Rugby that uh, has the final rounds where the sides were segregated, um, a bit like uh, football um, fans who were kept either side of the uh, of of the Tasman or, or in separate sections of the stadium, um, but no, we're going to become more rugby-like and uh, getting together from next week. Uh, Robbie says, "Does he know me? I don't know if he knows you or not, Robbie." Um, but, uh, not from a bar of soap. Be, it might just be the fact that you can recognise a Pacers a Pacers logo, and therefore he, he therefore he's he, therefore he's a, he's a friend of yours. Uh, anybody who recognises anything to do with basketball um, or just anything with Pacers, anyway. Um, anything uh, of sport? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. You're on board, absolutely. So, um, yes, and uh, sticking with the US, why Zaki Naholo has signed for um, Rooney or Rugby United New York um, over there. Um, 
he was uh, well. The the, the Crusaders um, uh, were um, asking fans to uh, stop chanting Waisaki Naholo at the game against the Highlanders because he wasn't involved in the game, um, and uh, he pops up uh, heading overseas. So, um, what do you think of that signing? Do you think uh, it, a good move for Waisaki? Uh, yeah, I, a good new a good move for the MLR, I guess overall. But get a player of his caliber, I think. Any team he goes to is going to be good, but there's only one stipulation when you sign Waisaki Naholo is that you do the Waisaki Naholo chant. Um, <laughs> it, it just goes hand in hand. You can't have the good man uh, without chanting his name as he's scorching down the wing to score yet another try. Yeah, I mean, great player. Oh, I guess, yeah, I know twilight years of his career now, so, you know, cashing in, all that sort of good jazz like they do. So, yeah, good on him. Good on, good on of getting him over there. Um, I mean, he wasn't doing much here, was he? He's just sitting on the sidelines and enjoying probably getting paid to do some training runs during the week. So yeah, it's got to be good. Good for America. Yeah. Look, it's, I think, I think it'll be a pretty good sign. He'll be able to take a lot of experience over there. Um, he was training with the Crusaders for a bit, um, but uh, clearly didn't make it into their main squad where, where his brother um, is now, but doesn't seem to have played very much. Um, so yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be good for, um, uh, for him. Is Waisaki Naholo Fijian born? Ooh, I don't know. I'll let um, Cornflake uh, do the old uh, Google while I um, catch up on some yes, other news. Yes, correct. He is. Yes. Oh, well, therefore, has he been out of has he been out of uh, uh, more than three years playing since he played for the All Blacks? Probably. Could he turn out for Fiji, for um, for Fiji in rugby union? Yes. Is Fiji short of good wingers? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably the only position that he would get away with, isn't it? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Four years he's so, been out. Twenty eighteen, according to this, was his last All Black Test. So, uh, so there you go. So, yeah, so, so folks, um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't see him uh, turning out for um, for Fiji. Personally, I just think, yeah, too much competition in the position that he plays in. Uh, let's be um, um, let's be honest with that one. Simon giving us all of the uh, the wonderful facts. Yeah, uh, Rooney playing a high school fo- uh, high school field in New, New Jersey, apparently. So they've been playing New York. Oh, dear me. False advertising. That's what that is. Fake yeah, news. The, problem, the thing is with American sport is that their, their college or, or high school fields or, you know, all those are almost bigger than their fully professional sports fields. You know, the college stuff is so huge over there. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, you think mentality in New Zealand is like, oh, high school, you know, there'll be you know, three people over there with the sheet, you know, on, on the sideline and, and maybe some poor old set that's been stuck in the scorer's box for the last 300 years. But, yeah, America's a, a whole different world. Is the guy you're speaking with the cornflake guy, Johan? Yes, he is. That's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, he is the cornflake guy. Uh, has his own YouTube channel, so check out, yeah, Cornflake's Crip, or, or, or what, are you, what are you calling it nowadays? Just just cornflake pretty much now. Just cornflake. Oh, okay. Yeah, the home of rugby gaming. They used to, they used to be under the posts as well. Was your was another yep. – did that, uh, that still going? It's still fleetingly, yep, when I have time, yep. So um, so there you go, folks. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, it is, it is cool. but do, yeah, do check out his channel, especially if you like um, uh, um, rugby computer games, because uh, that's your kind of niche um, in there. Um, Simon brought us some news over from Europe. So uh, congratulations to, well, here we go, Lucy <laughs> Thanos, 15, of Portugal. Um, playing the Black Lion of Georgia. The Black Lion is easy. I'm sure that's not the way they say it locally. But anyway, um, who have both made the uh, inaugural European Super Cup final. So congratulations to them on that one. Um, it would be nice if um, winning that got them entry into 
the next tier up of club competitions, but I doubt it does. Um, but uh, yeah, congratulations to them um, on that one. Um, Robbie, uh, what is, is, is a great fan of, is a great likes, loves to take the show away from rugby. Uh, you want to know who's going to win the NBA? Go on then. I'll leave. I'll leave that one for you quickly. There, oh, Steve. Jeez. Is, is, I, while we're on the topic, the great thing about the NBA this year is it's wide open. A number of teams could could possibly win it this year. But what what's entertaining and fun about it at the same time is there's no LA teams in the playoffs, so uh, that's always a fun part about it. But uh, it's going to be hard to beat a team like the Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks. Going to be right up there as they always have been recently as well. So um, yeah, take a stab at one of those two same conference. But um, yeah. Not the paces anyway, that's for sure. Next year, though. Next year. Uh, Dylan Van Baal won the uh, Paris-Roubaix cycle race last night as well. So there we go. That's why I was up till, up till 3 a.m. But anyway, um, back to um, back to rugby. And, not, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through um, some of the uh, important news now or important uh, things. Uh, Conflict, do you prefer Rugby 22 or or, rug, or Rugby Challenge 4? Which one's the which one's the better game? I, I'm still on Rugby Challenge 4 all the way. Easy, easy question. Rugby 22 or well, the rugby games, uh, yeah. Subpar for me. I'll still go off the old trusty. There you go, folks. Um, the old, well, surely the old trusty is um, John Lomu rugby, isn't it? That That's the pinnacle of sport. Yep, that definitely is number one. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, the other kind of, uh, I mean, that, that was kind of small news. Um, there's been a, um, the other kind of news, actually, since you're down that way, um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but um, because, because I've got a guy from Southland, Matt James. Um, is back with the Stags. He's re-signed. So there we go. So, so some good news for um, for you guys. The uh, looking to add to his twenty-seven caps in the maroon jersey. Um, so, uh, any thoughts on uh, on Matt James? They've signed a number of players uh, over recent, I think, weeks. Probably a couple of weeks. Now they've signed quite a number of players. I am a teenager. What are you on about? Um, youth is just flowing through me, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, the Stags. I think Stags have built a good core of players out there they're retaining i think it's probably the, the key thing about it is that they're keeping these guys um season on season so they keep doing that you know a lot of young talent and there a lot of young players coming through so yeah it's good it's good that they're retaining these guys because years gone by you know it's it's get a little bit of a name for yourself and then phew, off to canterbury off to auckland you know they go to the big smoke but it's coming the other way now they're coming down here and they're actually staying here because it's getting a bit more recognition. And the, and the pathway, you know, from 20 years ago has changed massively. You can make super rugby teams out of South and now um, out of Taranaki, out of North Harbour. You know, you don't need to be in Otago, Canterbury, Auckland, Waikato to make those super rugby sites. So the game's changed and I think it's the benefit for South. And, and you know, we've got that good coaching set up now as well. That experience in super rugby as well for minor Pacifica is definitely helping. Yeah, uh, and, and you say it, it is good. The path you, the players don't have to go to one of the five centres um, to make Super Rugby. They can do it, which is which which makes um, uh, provincial rugby much better. So that's that, that's that's good to see. Um, the big news of the week, though, is um, around the Black Ferns um, and uh, the kind of mess um, that, uh, that that is happening there. Um, unfortunately, uh, that's, that's that's come about some. With the, uh, the obviously the review which we which I talked about with um, uh, Stephen Harris last week, so you go back and listen to last week's show. We're not going to go through the uh, Black Ferns review in this show, um, but um, some of the uh, fallout that's come from it. Um, and uh, part of that is that um, uh, Brad Moore 
um, oh, sorry, Glenmore, not Bradmore, don't know who Bradmore is. <laughs> Glenmore um, has decided to um, to to uh, to resign um, from his position uh, as the uh, Blackburns head coach. He was kept in that one, um, in, in, in that role. As Simon says, he's not surprised. That, yeah, it's not surprising really. Look, I mean, on the day when they did announce the Blackfern review, he released his own statement by a separate PR company, not through um, New Zealand Rugby. Let's be honest, New Zealand Rugby, uh, one of the areas that they are well staffed on is PR people. Um, and uh, so that sort of so that so it, it, that, that showed that he was having to he was sort of looking after um, himself um, on that one. Um, and uh, the um, uh, uh, and that's so so that's so there always seems to be that 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 kind of that kind of um, thing. But I, part of the review was the management weren't getting enough support. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't getting enough support around PR as well, and so had to hire his own people to um, to look after him. Um, Long term right says, um, sounds like Glenn Moore has jumped rather than go with the changes in coaching um, help given. Uh, no, I don't think that is what's happened here. Um, I think he was on board with um, uh, with the changes, um, but um, that, uh, that the, there was uh, increasing pressure on New Zealand rugby for him to go. There's lots of uh, media articles and things going on uh, questioning how you could um, have such a damning review and then not change the coach. Um, well, part of that is because um, a lot of the problems were with New Zealand rugby, not with him. Uh, the fact that he wasn't given enough enough uh, support staff, he wasn't given enough training um, to do all that part of things. But it doesn't surprise me that he's gone. Um, uh, and uh, Steve, have you been following this story much or, or, or not at all? Yeah, I mean, briefly following about what's been happening, but it's it's not a good look, is it, really? I mean, I think that tour at the end of last year, kind of, I guess, probably opened a bit more eyes and a, a bit more exposed, I guess, a, a bit more of what's happening in that camp um, than I guess most people would know or see of as well. So I think that's kind of opened it up. It's been looked into. It looks bad on pretty much everyone involved with New Zealand rugby, the Black Ferns, and just the whole setup kind of asks more questions um, than gives you answers about what is going on there. And it's a, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a, a bad look, but it's a, it's a bit concerning is what I was trying to look for there. Just because, you know, where we are and the whole the push on the women's game and other things apart from just the men's sports. So this kind of, yeah, gives you a bit more of a question mark about what's going on there. And is, are the right things happening? Are the right people doing the right jobs? Is the support given to the right people? Is the right things happening? Are the players getting the support they need? Are they actually getting what they require to excel at their position or at their job and um, sort of thing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens from it, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's not a good look. The um, uh, There's a couple of questions in the chat that we will get around to, but I'm, we'll, we'll stick on the Blackburns for now. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who replaced him. I mean, Wayne Smith is already in there, um, uh, as is Graham Henry. Graham Henry's there as a uh, – yeah. um, the uh, not Graham Henry – um, yeah, yeah, Graham Henry. Yeah, that's uh, Graham there Henry. As a um, uh, as a selector and as kind of a mentor role, rather than um, uh, rather than uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, rather than being um, uh, sorry uh, in, in, in a tracksuit, whereas um, Wayne Smith is in day to day um, in uh, in a tracksuit there. So will Wayne Smith step up to the head coach role? Um, Alan Bunting, um, who's recently stepped down as the uh, Blackfern Sevens head coach. Um, to spend more time in you to, to be sort of more based on the family around the world, uh, successfully um, coached the uh, Waikato um, Chiefs 
um, Waikato, Waikato Chiefs, uh, sorry, not the Waikato Chiefs, oh, yeah, the, um, sorry, the um, uh, Waitomo Chiefs Manawa, uh, being sponsored by Waitomo Petrol, um, uh, to the um, inaugural Super, Super Rugby Alpaki title. Uh, so far, they have not lost a game. So would he would, would he come in? Um, asking his stuff to make a good point that they would like to have a female coach, but at the moment, none of the Super Rugby Alpaki teams um, had a senior. Uh, so had a head had a female head coach. Um, none of the male provinces or Super Rugby sides or um, or national teams that I'm aware of have a female head coach. Um, so throwing a female head coach into that would be um, really be putting her basically in, in, in a in a position where she's just turned up to fail, really, because she hasn't got the experience behind her. Um, even at uh, Farrah Palmer Cup level, um, there are only there was only one, uh, maybe two uh, um, female head coaches there. So really there is a, um, uh, bringing a, a female head coach in, I think would be, um, uh, would, would be asking a lot for them uh, to, to step up to that with us, with a Rugby World Cup only, um, what, six months um, away. Um, on that one. Um, a couple of people in there um, mentioning um, um, Anne Richards. Um, now, the, um, the uh, I mean, coming in as, a, as, as, as part of the coaching team, absolutely. Bring her in, bring her in to get the experience of, of, of what international coaching is about, but don't throw her in as uh, in, into a head coaching role uh, before, uh, I mean, if she feels ready. I mean, she's not going to, she's going to say no to the role, is she? But, I think it would be unfair to throw someone in who hasn't had um, previous experience. I don't know what your your thoughts. Conflict. Yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? It's it's hard to find the right balance or the right answer, especially now that it's getting so much more publicity and it's out there so much more now as well. So, are you setting someone up to fail to to get that? And you know, in in the public eye of the spotlight, which the women's game is becoming more and more now, uh, are you doing the right thing? I think a, a team, if you want to really bring everyone or, or bring people through it has to be as you know a, a squad sort of coaching group uh to do the right job so get everyone involved get people involved get some experience involved get some people coming through some some women coaches and just learn it's getting to the point now where it's a bit um you, you can't really just back away from this you've got to approach it and and deal with it and do the right things i guess and and yeah, if that, if that is bringing in those sort of coaches, giving them experience, uh, bring them through the different um, pathways up to that sort of level, um, then that that's got to be good for the game. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got to um, approach this correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the uh, things that also has come out recently um, is that um, there was apparently was a supposed to be a reset meeting um, in January twenty twenty one, where um, senior players. Um, player representatives, i.e. New Zealand Rugby Player Association, uh, Black Firms Management, including more, and uh, New Zealand Rugby officials met. Um, now, uh, so, so we're talking near, well, we're talking over a year ago now, and uh, sort of like 10, 10 or so months before the, uh, obviously, the, the, the bad tour. Um, in that one, um, the apparently it was supposed to be a, a constructive meeting um, where everyone seemed to agree on the way forward. Uh, and uh, they, at, at the time, um, they mentioned um, communication and cultural issues were a big part of the uh, were a big part of, of things going on there. So it looks like um, uh, that people knew uh, that there was a problem, uh, that they had a meeting about it. They acknowledged there was a problem. They agreed how to go forward, and then 
didn't implement those for whatever reason. Now, whether that was, um, as has been sort of come out in this report, not enough resources, not the right, um, not the right support um, to be able to make those changes. Well, that's part of it. Um, uh, COVID towards the second half of the year with lockdowns in Auckland and stuff. Sure, that was a bit of an issue, but um, clearly uh, that reset meeting didn't work. Um, the fact that the Black Blackferns um, players are asking for the review people to stay in and oversee um, and provide a governance role that the 26 change, 26 recommendations do get implemented suggests a lack of trust in New Zealand rugby to, um, to provide that governance themselves um, as well. So um, there's definitely a rebuild of trust um, between um, the uh, um, between the players uh, and New Zealand rugby that needs to be rebuilt, um, I think, over this time. So anyway, um, interesting that it was that, that these that these issues were known about um, uh, uh, at least a year ahead of time, um, but not dealt with. Uh, which I think, again, leads you to this piece that is New Zealand rugby really committed to women's to, to the women's game? They knew there was a problem. They saw the problem. They didn't provide enough government. They didn't provide the uh, governments to make sure the changes made that were agreed. Um, it's, there's, there's no one on the board that oversees women, the women's game. It does feel a bit uh, like lip service and uh, done for PR rather than actually trying to trying to do things. To be honest, yeah, it's a, um, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Really, you'd think that, it, like I said before, it's a bad look. So when they're doing this and just making it sound and look like they're doing the right thing. When it backfires and it comes back on you like this, it just makes you look like an absolute fool, and and that is worse than than trying to do something about it and, and maybe not getting it right. You know, uh, at least at least make an effort, like you, you're actually trying to do what you're saying you are going to do, rather than just saying yes, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're planning to do this, and then oh, two years later, nothing happened. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's sad. It really is sad. Yep. A um, couple of uh, questions that have been mentioned in the live chat. So Johan Rugby says, uh, do you think that Ireland have a decent chance to win the three test series against the All Blacks in July? Cornflake, I'll let you kick off on that one. <laughs> uh, do they have a decent chance to win the series? I'd say the series would be a tough ask, but certainly win a match. Uh, definitely they will. I mean, it depends how this is approached. Um, by the All Blacks and the state that that team is in as well. We still have half of Super Rugby uh, Pacific to go through as well. So big players are already missing. You know, we just lost Anton and Brown a week ago. Uh, key cogs, that team missing. So if they approach this with a, the best team as they probably can, I think we have a good, good, decent series on our hands. I think they have a chance to definitely win the series. I'll definitely give them at least one match or one test out of it um, straight away. But uh, the series, yeah. Chance, decent chance, yeah, but yeah, definitely a chance. I think they're good, and it depends on who they send over as well. Quite often, we've seen these Northern Hemisphere teams not send their peak players, of course, they're going through their domestic season right now, too, and they could easily lose key players. So, I'd, I'd still consider the All Blacks decent favorites, uh, to take out the series. 2 1 would be my guess. I think, even though the Irish will come in with a, a strong game straight off the bat. and and steal the first test, and we'll go. Oh no, the world's coming to an end, and then sort ourselves out, or else you know they'll 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 pip the third one in the end when it's kind of all over Red Rover. But yeah, who comes? Who's here? Who's fit? 
um, is going to be the big thing. But I think it's going to be a competitive series. I don't think we're going to see any, you know, 40 points to 10, you know, hidings like we saw five or so years ago. I think it's going to be a decent competitive series and Ireland will definitely do themselves very good justice. Look, this is the first series in a very, very long time. And we're talking probably going back to maybe 2002, maybe, uh, with England coming over with the, with the team that went on to the Rugby World Cup, where um, where New Zealand aren't out and out strong favourites. Right? This is so we're talking, yeah, we're talking. This is this is going to be that this is doubting down as the most competitive um, tour, uh, series uh, in like 20 years. Um, potentially more so than the Lions tour, um, to be honest with you. So, um, so I definitely think it's uh, so. So, are they in, are they in with a decent chance? Yes, they're in with a chance. Are they favourites? No, I don't think so. The All Blacks are still favourites to win the to win the tour, um, but I totally agree. I think it's going to be two one either way. Um, I can't see either side winning all three games, and that is a massive um, uh, leap um, for um, uh, for them um, because. Let's be honest. Ireland has never won. Has never won. Again, never beaten New Zealand in New Zealand, right? They've won three games against New Zealand. True. Two of them in Ireland. One in the USA. This so um, in in in, the, in their entire history. Um, but um, uh, but it does come down to and John and Johan makes this uh, big question here. Um, uh, Ireland will die in New Zealand if they don't have Johnny Sexton. Absolutely, they have depth in pretty much every other position, apart from ten. Um, and yes, they do need Johnny Sexton to be fit um, for them, uh, I believe. Um, Carberry is not anywhere near Johnny Sexton's level. He's a decent fly half, don't get me wrong, but he's not um, that kind of level of, um, of fly half. So, um, uh, so I do think it will come down to um, to him. There is, I mean, there is a bit of a question. Look, obviously, they're coming off the back of a Lions year last year. So, will they be resting the British Irish Lions players? Um, we will. Um, uh, have to see, um, and um, also um, the uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, I've gone blank now as to what that one is. Um, but Simon Hughes points out that Chicago is the most Irish city in America. It's a 33rd count, uh, county. Um, well, maybe so, but they still have to travel there, right? Um, but um, but still, I, yeah, Ireland will make history on this tour by winning a test. Um, mm. Will they make history by winning a tour? Let's wait and see. Um, but boy, looking forward to it. Shame I'm not going to get a media pass. Um, <laughs> it's it's a tough one. I, I think we're going to learn a lot about the All Blacks' direction this year. I think is that first, hopefully, we'll continue proper season almost of rugby for a, a couple of years now. Yeah, a lot of question marks over the, the way that the coaching set up of this team and, and the players set up, obviously, as well. But I think because we, we play, you know, the Springboks, we play Australia, we play the Pumas. And, okay, we lose the Wallabies, we lose the Springboks every now and then. But I think a loss to Ireland at home will, will be kind of a bit more of a wake-up call than a loss to the Springboks or the Wallabies or, or the Pumas even. I mean, geez, we lost to the Pumas as well. We kind of we kind of accept that, um, which isn't a very New Zealand rugby way of, of dealing with it. But I think Ireland will, will probably kick a few people in the pants more than uh, more than the others will. So this could be a bit of a... Bit of a wake up call. How they respond? Yeah. What will be interesting for me is if Ireland come over here and they win the first test, how the All Blacks react or how they go into test number two is going to be the big thing. So that's what I'm interested to see if that happens. How also test two goes? Do we bounce back in the interesting, interesting to see how the media 
react and how the, oh. how the public react. Um, that, that, that'll be, <laughs> yes. Um, because I, how many wake-up calls do we need before something actually changes, folks? Um, mm. the, I mean, Simon Hughes says here, um, according to TBNZ News, uh, Super Rugby ratings have dropped on television and the crowd attendance um, is bad. That's a problem New Zealand Rugby needs to sort out. Uh, yes, <laughs> put bluntly. Um, but um, uh, there was too much of a, hooray, look, we've come out of locked, we've locked coming up for three months and they all want to do something. They all turn up to rugby. Yay, we've had good crowds, we've had good viewership. Yes, because we locked people up for three months. We can't lock people up for three months every year just <laughs> to get good Super Rugby crowds. Um, so, um, so um, yeah, it'll be, um, uh, there is, there are a number of red flags at the moment in uh, for New Zealand rugby um, that from, uh, and the only response I can see so far is we need Silver Lake money. Money's the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I'm not sure that, yes, you need money to do things, but if you don't spend that money properly, you're not going to change anything. So at the moment, I've not seen anything that, um, where I think they will spend that money properly to to rebuild the game in New Zealand because it is definitely um, on uh, on the slippery um, slippery slide there. Aaron says public won't be surprised if the All Blacks lose to lose a test to Ireland. Um, I'm not so sure. I think there's a whole bunch of people. I think there's a large section of the public who don't really follow rugby that much um, yeah. until an All Black test comes on, and they just expect the All Blacks to win. New Zealand um, so is very narrow sighted. So, but whether it's because that we're a far away little island, miles away from anyone, but a good portion of New Zealanders see New Zealand, and it's like, oh, here come Ireland. Okay, Ireland are in our vision now. Oh, we lost. Freak out because the last time they saw Ireland was probably the World Cup, you know, back in 2019 or or possibly even before then. So, yeah, and I mean, what what was that third fourth playoff? Was it was a bit of a hiding, wasn't it? And that no, it was a quarter final, wasn't it, against Ireland? that they got absolutely pumped by the All Blacks in their World Cup. So that's really the last time they've seen Ireland. People here don't watch the Six Nations. Uh, they don't watch um, any sort of domestic rugby or Champions Cup or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I think personally, no, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think most people that have their last memory of Ireland getting thumped in that quarterfinal of the Rugby World Cup three years ago, they come here and then they win a test. Yeah, it, it's freakout time, big time. Yep. Um Oh, Aaron says uh, here, um, uh, if the uh, All Blacks lose a test to Ireland, will that be enough to get rid of Fozzie? No. <laughs> um, again, because of money. They can't, well, I, well two things. A, money. Uh, they can't afford to pay Fozzie off now that he's got a two-year contract through the next World Cup. They'll also say, oh, it's too close to every World Cup. We can't let, get, get rid of him. Um, and also he's part of the old boys' um, blaze brigade, isn't he? Essentially. So, no. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't. He's he's going nowhere. Regardless, I think they could lose a series three 0 to Ireland, and they'll probably be um, going nowhere. It's just they're too stuck now on this plan. Um, the, the plan worked for a start, didn't it? With, with the old Graham Henry days, and give him another chance. Everyone went, no, don't give him another chance. And he wins a World Cup, and it's like okay, and that 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 followed on through all right. But now it's getting it's getting a little bit short. I think Steve Hansen days we we accepted and thought okay, it could be worse. But it feels like it's going down that slippery slope, doesn't it? And who's next? Who's next? Where's the who's the assistant that's next to step up? You know, it's surely, surely he can't go to another World Cup, can he? God, imagine the public then. Oh well, look, I mean, I think everyone is expecting Razors to take over. 
Let's be let, 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 let's be blunt. We thought that last year, didn't we? No, I think it's pretty clear he wasn't going to. I'll agree that the general public feel was that it wanted him to, yep. but I think it was uh, it, it was it was an, it was never going to happen. Um, even though for me, I don't care who the head coach is. I want Tony Brown as the assistant coach, which means Jamie Joseph <laughs> yeah. has to be head coach because that's who that's the only person Tony Brown will, will work with. Um, he it's said a good last combination. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, bring it on. Yeah, international experience. Joseph, yeah, yep. I've just realised it's fallen off, fallen off my bottom of my um, bottom of my desk. I want hope, hopefully, it doesn't all. A, a, I like cable doesn't fall out and we, we all get cut off. Um, I like that comment. Yeah, that that comment there is is correct. Uh, I've lost it already. About 2018, last time Ireland were were on the same level as 2018. Ireland, and I've said this before, and and been torn apart and then proven right when it comes to World Cup. Yeah. Ireland peak between World Cups terribly well. They are really good at it. And now, now's their peak. Now is their best time. So they are mid-World Cup cycle. This is when, well, even the late mid-World Cup cycle, but this is when they are at their best. So, yeah, this this is almost peak Ireland, isn't it? Then they're coming on to this sort of thing. And then by the time they get to the World Cup, injuries form have happened and everything's gone wrong. And, and then we go back to seeing that same old Ireland again. Your desk's going to completely fall apart, Paul. It's a bit like your chair. You need a new one. Yes. I, know. <laughs> I do. Now, folks, um, I do need a new chair. I need a gaming chair like um, like, like, this. Um, like like that, like, like Cornflake has got. So, folks, um, help me get a, um, a gaming chair by becoming a supporter of New Zealand Sports Radio. Head over to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio um, and become a supporter um, so that I can get a gaming chair, please, so, so I can actually be comfortable rather than in my, uh, yeah, this wooden one that is not so comfy. Hey, here's a stat for you. The, oh, the facts, the the uh, fact of um, well, fact or possibility of uh, James Lowe scoring the uh, game-winning try against the All Blacks later in the year. How about that? I could really jump on my bandwagon then of James Lowe to be an All Black, or well, you know, from days gone by. Look, he was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> the combination of James Lowe and D- and Mac is fantastic. It's just such a the, the counter-attacking kick counter-attack from those two is brilliant. Um, I think he was good enough. Um, so, yes. Aaron says Razor with um, Leon as the. Um... <laughs> what? Leon McDonald. No, terrible player, terrible coach. Whoa, harsh, harsh, harsh. <laughs> so, okay, so, so if he is a terrible coach, who is behind the uh, the Blues um, kind of rise up to, yeah, to that, play the way they play? That's what kind of makes me look bad at saying that now because the Blues are actually <laughs> stepping up decent <laughs> enough, but. Hey, maybe you just need a time. Maybe you just need a time. As long as no one sees John Kerwin, then I'm okay with it. Oh, geez. Sorry. <laughs> John Kerwin, fantastic player. Done yep. wonderful things for mental health. Terrible pundit. Ter- terrible pundit and terrible coach. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I do have to eat my words, but on that, uh, the Blues have been going pretty good. So I'm not a fan. Leon McDonald, terrible player. Didn't rate him at all. Solid. Caleb Brough 2.0 almost between those two. But yeah. I mean, they are to a table, so you, you can't argue with that. They, they are where they are, and I guess as a coach takes the uh, the fall when they play poorly, he's got to take the credit as well when they, they play well. So, yeah, he's definitely... So Caleb, definitely how good a coach is Caleb Ralph? I've, not, I've, never, I've never seen him. I meant as a player. Coach. I'd hate to see him coaching. <laughs> oh, don't even go yeah. there. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, 
um, as um, Aaron says, who's top of the table and how's the Highlanders going? Well, the best way to find that out is to become a page, become a supporter of New Zealand Sports Radio over at patreon.com forward slash Sport Radio because Cornflake and I um, did re recorded a show um, today. Uh, it's an hour long show um, that is a mid table midterm report um, card midterm report for the um, Super Rugby. Um, uh, for, for, yeah, for Super Rugby um, Pacific. Um, so if you want to listen to that, become a supporter. That will be coming out tomorrow um, on the uh, Patreon, uh, as uh, or you can watch it as well. It will be available um, as a video or as an audio over at patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Other things that are available over there as well. Um, I was just having a quick look at things that have gone up there recently. Was um, where is women's rugby going? That's uh, <laughs> That was a timely piece for me by, by me on that one wasn't it um that's um, more about where the game's going generally not so much about the report from new zealand rugby um an interview i had with alex lankville about um 50 about 50, uh, 50 caps um and also um uh, why he's playing so well um best bits from uh, various post-match interviews and a chat with actually molly about um chief's culture and how he's going uh coming back from injury um as well so look there's those interviews and stuff that's all on there and uh, Aaron says, can the Highlanders win in Australia? Yeah, they well, play the drawer. So, yep. The, um, <laughs> they play the drawer in Australia? or Because um, he's saying in Australia rather than against an oh, Australian team. So uh, just have a quick check up as to um, who do they play in Australia. They play the Brumbies. They then play the Fijian drawer and the Reds uh, and also the Rebels. So I think, yeah, the Rebels and the Fijian drawer, um, two, uh, two wins there. Um, for that one. Three win season, baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is three wins enough to get you into the top eight? We will find out. It's enough to keep us off the foot of the table. That's that's all we need to worry about. Beat the draw, beat Moana Pacifica. That's all we need to do. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not like we're afraid of tanking a season, anyone, uh, to get good draft picks or to rely on next season. It's all right. Yep. Youth. Yep. Um, exactly. Um so let's a quick look back on um, on last weekend because there were some cracking games um, last weekend, uh, and uh, it started off Crusaders versus the Blues. And sorry about this um, conflict because uh, again you're going to have to say, "Wow, the Blues actually pulled it off." Because um, Carlos, who in uh, 2004 was when Carlos uh, did uh, did his thing, and the last time that the Blues won down in Christchurch. Wow! Um, so 18 years later. Wow. Um, we have uh, uh, this game. Now, look, um, there's a lot of talk um, uh, about this game around the uh, around the cards and stuff. And um, as, um, Steve and I do talk about the cards as part of our review. But, um, yeah, uh, Scott Barrett, shoulder to the head, pretty clear red card. Um, and they should have known that because they had one previous week with their with their prop. Um, but this game was actually lost in the first half hour. That's where you had the break from um, Bowden Barrett. Um, and then Barrett um, peels off to the blind side. And uh, so, for, sorry, for the break for, uh, that Christie scored from, um, where he spots he has a Havili um, and uh, Cullen Grace in midfield. Havili goes, uh, keeps um, uh, drifting. Cullen Grace can't drift fast enough. And uh, Bowden Barrett steps inside. Um, and then uh, uh, he uh, goes blindside, gives it to Papi Lee, who does some fantastic footwork. Um, to uh, to march himself straight through Mawanga um, and um, whoever the nine was at the time. So basically, a, a one of the one of the better ball carriers at the moment in Super Rugby Pacific, smashing through a nine and ten, 
and over he goes for a try and suddenly it's 7-17. Um, now the uh, the rest of the game was actually won by um, the uh, Crusaders um, because um, the Blues only scored 10 more points whereas um, the uh, Crusaders um, scored 16 points in the rest of the game even though they picked up a red and a yellow card. So but um, that slow start and that fast start, or, or Bowden Barrett's basically stepping in. So a bit like Carlos Spencer's magic um, uh, 18 years before, Bowden Barrett's magic here um, saw the uh, put, put the Blues into um, too big a, uh, a lead. So, um, but I, And I think a lot of people are spending too much time on those cards and not so much on the, the beginning of the game, um, Steve. Do we have to talk about cards? I mean, I, I see them on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's just like... Why? I can understand the start of the season, but why would you go into a tackle with your arm tucked and straight to the shot? It doesn't matter where you hit him. It's still a no-arm tackle. You hit him in the knee. It's still a no-arm tackle, isn't it? You're not wrapping. I, I don't get what the benefit is of them doing this. You, you're going you, 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 to make an authoritative hit, okay, if you get away with it. The guy was already tackled. He was He was already tackled. So... What authority are you going to make there when he's already going to be on the ground, you know, at your feet anyway? It, it, it's silly. It, it's silly. And I, I don't understand why they sort of try on that sort of thing. You just get, you know, go back to the normal tackle sort of technique and, and do it properly. Um, it doesn't advantage you in any way whatsoever. But cards, I mean, there's so much talk about the cards and the red cards because it's only the 20 minute sort of thing. So it doesn't really hugely affect the game so much. And the teams are so much prepared for it now that it doesn't have so much of a huge effect. In fact, the teams that normally get the cards usually score the points. This is how crazy well, it's going now. Okay, now, now Clayton McMillan gave us a bit of insight into that by accident the other day. So um, the Chiefs, they were up um, uh, thirteen, uh, sorry, 15 on 13 against the Blues. Um, and he said, we have trained on how mm. to play when you're down to 13 men. We yeah. haven't trained on how to play when you're playing when you're attacking 13 men. That's a problem yeah. on our part. We've done that wrong. As you say, all the teams practice on what to do when they get cards because they know they're going to get them. They yep. forget or don't practice enough on what to do when the opposition get cards because, uh, look, in this day and age, the opposition is getting cards too. Um, yep. And uh, as you say, they, they just don't train. how they, 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 they try to play the same way against 15 as though they're playing 15 mm-hmm. rather than where can we find the space on the pitch? Because there's more space somewhere. And uh, that's what they need to do. And they often force it too much too, don't they? Like they think, okay, well, there's two players missing or one player missing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the hole, and it's like, well, you know, they try and kind of do too much rather than just playing a natural plan, finding overlaps, drawing and passing, you know, the simple sort of stuff that's eventually going to give you open players in positions. And, and being smart about it, you know, if you lose an outside back, your space is obviously going to be in those wider sort of channels, isn't it? Someone's going to have to drop back to cover the fullback if he goes off. Or things like that. If you lose a flanker, obviously the forward's going to be a bit down in the power. So it's about being smart about how they're playing it. But I don't think it affects the game uh, too much these days. I do agree with you that the Blues won this game at the start. Good start. But I think more than that is how they defended for that long period at the end. Defence won that game. The Crusaders only so good. And they, they would have thought that too. They would have gone to half time and they would have thought, well, let's just build our way over the next 20 minutes, get close enough, use that last 10 minutes like we always do to, to hammer home that victory. And they almost did that as well. So it's a typical, almost typical Crusaders performance on how they fight back into the game. But um, yeah, the Blues defensively just kind of outmuscled them. And and that that harks back to the confidence sort of thing that the Blues play so well with with their results, where they are, how they're playing, and the belief. And they get that belief in them, and they do become a different sort of team. And if they can carry that on for the rest of the season, yeah, they will be incredibly difficult to stop. Yep. Um, the <laughs> Edward says, the water boy comes on and tells them tells them a move to make. Yes, it's it's getting to be a bit like um, NFL, where, where you, have, you, know, you have a play caller on the sideline. Uh, we saw that especially with the... Um, Hurricanes against the uh, Crusaders, where Corey Jane ran on and said, "Go in the corner, go in the corner." Yeah, right. Okay, that worked out well, didn't it? Um, <laughs> um, as uh, as Aaron said, yeah, the, the, the Blues buttoned off instead of um, uh, keeping attack, keeping the attack up. Uh, look, and I think that was a mistake for them, and they nearly lost the game. At the end of the day, if um, Seven Reese is on the outside rather than that lock, um, he gets into the corner, and the game's lost uh, potentially. So. Um, uh, it was it was like watching a yeah giraffe running his treacle um, as he was trying to make it to that corner. Um, uh, but um, but there we go. Um, How good did he play too? By the way, that young fellow, I think Dom Gardner. I think it was yep. a cracking game. Young guy. Mm. Uh, was it his first match or one of his first matches? Anyway, new player, really really impactful. Um, I was quite impressed by him and a number of players actually throughout this competition coming through with all the injuries and players missing and you know playing six million games in three days. Guys are coming through the system, and 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 they are impressing. It's good to see, especially in the forwards, which I think New Zealand rugby is is. Well, I mean, we're lacking everywhere, but still, it's good to see those guys coming through. Okay, I think it's, uh, and um, I think a lot of us thought that. Um, oh, well, no, I'm not many. A lot. I mean, a lot of people after we sort sort of saw Nonu and um, uh, and, and Smith um, uh, sort of drop out. We thought that the centres were going to be a problem, uh, and it has proven to be. We still don't have twelve. Um, yeah. Apart from Geordie, uh, but um, the um, but locks has 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 been a problem until pretty much last year, when suddenly you got Vai Lord coming through. Um, I mean, Arcoy also at, uh, at the Chiefs is is, uh, is definitely decent. A lot of people have been um, sort of big things about Perry Perry Parkinson, but I'm not a great. Uh, I, I think he's a good Super Rugby player, but I don't think I don't think he's going to be international standard. But you say yeah, young locks coming through in. Um, in Canterbury, so many so that Romano had to move up to the Blues. Um, so there's a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of young players coming through, which is good to see um, on that one. Um, the uh, Noxara says you can't have all defenders bent low because of eyes off the game. You can still bend low and look up. 
And that's exactly what NFL teaches you. Um, and players um, who bend low and look down don't get contracts. It's as simple as that. If you don't keep your head up and, and keep scanning, um, uh, I, I, yeah, there are players who have tried to cross over from rugby to NFL. And um, I mean, one player, so yeah, basically he debated didn't get a contract because he couldn't look up while he was bending, which is a bit strange. But there you go. Um, it's these things you have to learn as you come through as you're young. But as you keep looking, mm. otherwise your head's going to get smashed into something. Um, the uh, and Aaron says, yeah, um, Romano's been immense to the Blues. He has been fantastic. Yep. Um, the uh, but um, yeah, look, the Crusaders had enough experience locks already, and they had young ones coming through. So you let your, you're going to let someone go, and uh, he's been a great replacement for um, Patrick Turpilotti. And I think he um, he'll be great to stay there as a, uh, if they can get him for another year as a mentor. Um, role, it'd be fantastic for, for them. Um, the uh, so yes, um, <laughs> Aaron, where do, they, where, where do the Crusaders keep getting these locks from? Oh, well, you know, they all come from um, Auckland um, high schools, you know, that that's where the Crusaders got all their players from. Um, anyway, so uh, well done to the Blues, great win, um, f- uh, in, in there, uh, but um, and it was, um, uh, it, it was, we was close, um. Rebels um, versus um, the um, the Reds. Um, essentially, again, won by interceptions and turnovers. Um, in the end, um, the uh, what it finished um, at uh, thirty-two to thirty-six, so pretty close. Um, but um, early tries, um, you know, what the turnover and the interception that uh, if he hadn't uh, caught it, he gets he gets um, uh, penalty and potentially even a yellow card. Um, for the turnover, and then they had another one um, in the second half um, as well, when I think they were down to 14 men. Um, so, yeah, so a game won by that, um, The uh, which uh, shows basically how the Rebels have come from being a, uh, a set of, um, well, a rabble, to being quite a decent team. Yeah, this Rebels team just didn't go away, did they? Uh, the Reds got out the decent wee lead over them, and then they just fought their way back. And then they let them go again, or, or they got away again, and then they fought their way back. This is a really good performance by the Rebels in ways, but also probably shot themselves in the foot in, in the same sense of, by giving it away. But I think they can certainly take heart by the way they're improving throughout the season because this is a game that if you would watched after the first couple of rounds, of the competition, you'd say, "Oh, the Reds will win this." You know, take away take away the three from the Rebels score and the, the, the two. Sorry, thirty six to three. We'll give it an actual rugby score. Um, they should get thumped. So it's good that the Rebels are actually competitive. And I think the Reds were a bit guilty of probably taking them a bit too lightly going into that game and thinking they will just, you know, canter away with it quite easy. Gave them a bit of a fright. Um, and it's good. It's good for the competition because the Rebels looked horrible at the start. Uh, they really, really did. And now they've actually come up pushing the Reds. Uh, they've pushed a few teams, got their win against the Force as well. Massive, massive turnaround over, you know, five five weeks or so um, to actually become a competitive side. So not perfect, not great, but competitive. And I think that that's the key thing, especially for those bottom half Australian sides, is that they can challenge the Reds and, and the Brumbies, give them a bit of a fright give them a bit of a, a test and actually make them play properly, make them play their good players, make them put out their best rugby. And and we saw that and uh, it was a fairly entertaining game. There's tries all over the place, points, you know, it's like you said, intercepts. It was flying all over the place. You didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and look, we, we've, we've talked about how 
how basically you watch a um uh, a New Zealand Super Rugby game and you watch an Australian one and go, oh my god. Thankfully, yes. I and mean, look, the uh, the Crusaders Blues game was 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 a very 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 good game. So it was a step down, but it wasn't a step down to a horrible game. It was a step down to a good game rather than a very good game, which was great yeah. to see. Um, and you can see those breakaway tries in in this stat. Rebels three hundred and seventy five meters running, whereas the Reds are five hundred thirty six. So about one hundred and fifty more meters running with one less run. Ninety two runs by the Rebels, ninety one by by the by the Reds. That was those breakaway those breakaway tries. Um, so yeah, two clean breaks to seven um, tells you where where the Reds pick this one up. So um, yeah, again, this this Reds team is a defending team that then uh, that, that then kills you on counter attack. Um, moving on then, and um, well, I guess do we talk about the game or do we just talk about the controversy at the end for the last second of the game between what? the Hurricanes and the Highlanders? Um, oh, okay. Oh, because, okay, go for it. Is that next? It's not next. Sorry, uh, sorry. Oh. Chiefs Moana was before that. So I was at Chiefs Moana. Um, and sorry, folks. I've just realised. I've only realised before the show that I hadn't uploaded the post match interview. So the the, the post match interview will be uploaded onto um, the Patreon side, where you can hear from um, Henry uh, um, uh, Teefu uh, Teefa. Sorry, um, who is the um, Teefu? Who's the uh, head coach? Who was the his first time ever? captaining aside as he captained Moana Pacifica. Um, so uh, you hear about his experience of doing that. Um, and um, we also obviously had Clayton McMillan and um, Sam Kane as well. So uh, I'll put those up probably be tomorrow morning on uh, to um, the uh, Patreon um, site. So of from, from that game, but basically the, uh, what, the Chiefs went out to a 24, uh, five lead in that first half um, after half time. Uh, Moana came out really strong, uh, got a try, nearly got a second try, but um, but uh, a, uh, there was a really long period of play. Both players had someone down injured. Um, Nankerville, uh, was a chip and Nankerville got in there for his second try, a yellow card soon afterwards, and basically the game was gone for Moana. Um, there's uh, a comment in the live chat about how about the Moana's um, line-out being dysfunctional. Yeah, 11 line-outs in nine... Uh, uh, one from 19. So what that's eight lost lineouts in the game. Ouch. That's massive. Mm. Um uh but to be fair to them, six games in 23 days means they've had no time to train. They're just spending all their time in recovery, having massages. Um otherwise their bodies fall apart. They'll be all right. So yeah. <laughs> Anything else about that? Um <laughs> that's yeah sorry yeah um Steve, Steve's just gone into dreamland about, ooh, massaging. <laughs> just you play a game of rugby, then, then have a massage for the next week. They'll be all right, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, look, I mean, the Chiefs were pretty, pretty entertaining, weren't they? Um, I liked how they got out there and played some exciting rugby. Uh, you know, they, they loved the little chip and chase. Uh, they loved the little kicks to teammates. I think they played a bit more expressive than we've probably seen from them. In, in their recent sort of games, it's probably been a bit more high pressure. I think getting out that lead nice and early, they kind of, I guess, would you say relaxed or they probably just went out and played the natural game knowing without that sort of pressure on them to, to fight right to the end. So I think it was quite nice for the Chiefs to actually get out there and express their rugby a bit more. And they, they have that exciting ability in those outside backs to, to do that sort of thing as well. So it's good to see. Moana Pacifica, yeah, saw some cool things, saw some rubbish. That's a new team. That's what they're going to offer. Set piece was atrocious. 
but they get out there and score tries. They enjoy the rugby and they they give it they give it a good nudge and they've brought some good players through and it's good to see these players that we don't get to see so much at Super Rugby level exposed to that. And it, I mean, there's there's a lot of good players in in that squad. Time is going to be their friend as they get better. They'll improve, get that sort of stuff going. Like I say, all those games in that time, yeah, it, it's tough to get continuity when you're changing your whole 23 almost in three days, playing another game, um, and then another game four days later. It's it's tough, but um, hey, they're sticking in there. I think they're they're well coached, they're looked after, and and they they're entertaining in times. <laughs> <laughs> they are, and they're good to chat to. Um, so yeah, so that, so yep, that's pretty much all of those on that one. Um, yeah, oh, oh yeah, um, Nankerville uh, questions during the game is Nankerville in the conversation for the um, All Blacks? Yes, he is. But so is Leicester Fayanuku, Goodhue, um, obviously not Antonella Brown, who's injured, um, but Enor, um, Tapaya, uh, Jordy Barrett. Um, there's, there's a lot of people, uh, um, Havili, there's a lot of people in that conversation for um, centres. So, yes, Nankerville has got, is, is playing well enough um, to, um, to, to, to put himself in that, um, uh, in, in that conversation. But um, uh, I'm not sure he's necessarily good enough to get himself in the actual squad yet. We'll have to wait and see. Injuries. Yes. And good Hugh hasn't played yet. Jack, that is. The other good Hugh's mm. injured himself and he's out. Um, uh, Thomas Manga Jensen as well. Yep, another player who's putting his name in the uh, um, in there, perhaps more for his potential than his actual um, performances currently. Um I also want to know what's going to happen with Billy Proctor. And how many players do you know that come that, that their first contract at Super Rugby level is a five-year contract? It's a massive contract oh. that he got when he when he when he first signed. So um the, the Hurricanes really do rate him uh, massively. Um uh, Aaron says uh, a lot of players have gone past Havili in my books. Yes, totally agree. <laughs> like Dave Havili showed his he's very he was he's a super rugby center, but not an international one last year. Mm. Um, and we got nods from uh, um, from conflict there for for our podcast listeners. Um, <laughs> it's a tough okay. position to fill, isn't it? It really is. I mean, there's a lot of players, and they're all kind of no one's reaching out and going bang. I'm considering better, or you know, it, there's a lot of players around similar sort of levels, and, and they're going to have to find out who's who's got the cream and who's not got the cream because. There's only one way to find that out, too. I mean, that's throwing them in, into the fire. And, you you know, you sink or swim, that's where it's going to be found out. Yeah, you, know, you look at all these players, like New Zealand rugby is full of them over the last decade or two who have performed amazingly at international level. Ma'anono, I'm looking at you predominantly. Garbage at super rugby level normally, especially when he was an all-black. But first name on the team sheet with the black jersey. So... It's finding that guy. It's finding that guy who can step up to that next level when presented with that challenge, and that—that's what an all-black coach is all about. Yeah, I think. Look, I think it's been about unfair trying to fill Martin on his um, boots, and the fact that a lot of players are—they're like, yeah, they, he doesn't—he doesn't run over players and pass and kick. Well, neither did Nonny when he started. Let's <laughs> no. be blunt here. <laughs> he added those things to his game, um, and he added them very well. So. Um, yes. But uh, but but he was not all. He was not the the player he finished. Was not the player he started. Definitely um, not. No, he, he couldn't um, kick for nuts, could he? When he first started out, he was terrible. 
Well, I wasn't asked to kick either. That's no. like, yeah, don't. Yeah, no, you're not. You've got Dan Carson next to you. You don't have to yeah. worry about kicking, right? <laughs> okay, Dan okay. will do the kicking. <laughs> when he gives you the ball, you either give it to Conrad or you run. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yes. Um, Highlanders Hurricanes then. Um, so the uh, Highlanders jumped out to a, um, I mean, I, 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 my, my notes basically here are half time six fourteen, and then controversy end um, uh, basically. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, there was, obviously there was a game. Uh, we had a red card for a shoulder to the head, which, as we've discussed, is a red card. Um, the uh, but but the Highlanders got themselves back into this, um, and then we had a controversy at the end. Look, I'm not a great fan. In fact, in fact, no, I hate the idea that getting held up over the line means a scrum means end of game. I think it should be a scrum. I think, I, I think the game should keep going. I don't think that should be the stoppage that stops, that ends a game to me. Um, but that's, I guess that's a separate topic to uh, to this game. Um, your thoughts on this one? You were, I, I, I was driving during this. I've only, seen, I've only seen short highlights and I've not seen the incident that a lot of the Highlanders players are bringing up about the black eye. So um, your thoughts on this game? Oh, yeah, that black eye didn't look as bad as it probably ended up to be. Um, it didn't, yeah, it, it's hard. Contact the head, you're in trouble, aren't you? So I guess there yep. was contact with head. So as innocuous as it did look at the time, <laughs> there was clearly obvious contact with the head when he had a, a big black eye about two minutes after it happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's that same old story, isn't it? Head, bad. You know, doesn't matter how it happens, what it happens, if it's involved with the head, it's bad. But um, the end, yeah, I agree with you on the end. End of the game, I hate it when teams are chasing the win like this, a couple of points or a point behind, and they just go with that forward thing. Because when you hit it up like that with the forwards with short plays, yeah, you're close to the line and you're not losing ground. But the possibility of the referee seeing that you've scored the try or that it's visible and that, you know, it's it's clear and confirmed that he scored that try is um, you're pretty average. Uh, it's pretty hard to see. So that's why, I, not that I prefer that they use the forwards or the backs, I should say, but it's more that it makes it hard to make it clear and obvious that you scored the try. So, and like you say, when it doesn't work, it ends the game. <sighs> Done. Yep. You're waving now, your arms about. To me, I, I'm, I'm just... This, this, Aaron's comment just, is just, 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 yeah, it's a one-point game, folks. Drop goal. Why the beat? You're not setting up for a drop goal. I, a four, a four-point game. I get it. Yeah, keep bashing away at the line, um, and and take the risk of being held up. But a, a one-point game. Get in the pocket, Mister. Close enough. Yeah, I'll be close enough. <laughs> <laughs> they got held up over the line, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, not so right. Says was it a seatbelt tackle? Yes, seatbelt tackle. Aaron Senna came in from the side. I mean, there was multiple. I know, there's multiple infringements every single ruck, but there were definitely mm. multiple ones at the end of that one. Um, so, um, did he get uh, it over the line? So yeah, just drop goal. I, uh, the, the the Highlanders, whilst they'll, whilst they'll complain about this, they had the opportunity mm. to win this one, and they fluffed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a hundred percent, and and it was. They had multiple opportunities to win this game. I think second half, they really did dominate it overall with the areas of the field that they were in. 
if not a lot of this matchup. They were in good spots and didn't make it count. Like we've talked about before, their ability to finish the chances is, is definitely lacking in that team. But yeah, make, make it clear cut. <laughs> make it clear cut. Make it obvious. Make it clear that the ball is over the line. Oh, geez. Wasn't it Mitch Hunt that kicked that drop goal from 40-odd metres out for the was it Canterbury or the Crusaders against the Crusaders, Highlanders the yep. year before they signed him? So, so he can do it. Not so right. He's not easy under yeah. pressure. They're not easy under pressure. You're a professional kicking rugby player. Kicking, kicking penalties are not easy under pressure. I tell you, unless I'm out in front about 10 metres, anything further than that, I'm, I'm going to hope. Yes, it's not easy. I get that. But this is part of what they yeah, – this is, this is what they practice for hours and hours a week. Um, to, to be able to do, as you say, professional rugby player. That's what they pay, that's what they practice to do. Um, frustrating. So, yeah. Frustra- and as, yeah, as, as Aaron says, yeah, Highlands have fluffed two games in a row now. Um, should have beaten the Crusaders as well. Um, so, yeah, there's something at, at uh, yeah, perhaps some question marks. Um, I'll actually listen to the show that um, that uh, Steve and I uh, did record earlier. So it'll come out tomorrow as part of the uh, on Patreon special. Um, where we could have talked about the Highlanders a little bit um, as well. Um, um, who was the Highlanders head coach during the 15, 2015, 2016? Plumtree, who's gone off to... Uh, John, uh, Jamie Joseph was the coach. No, no, that, that's the Highlanders, not the Hurricanes. Hurricanes oh, sorry, who, oh, Hurricanes, sorry. Oh, yeah. also the Highlanders. One uh, trick, mine. Anyway, I can't remember, but he's left. Um, and he got replaced by Plumtree, and Plumtree went off to the All Blacks. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's that's what's happened. That, that's how... Um, uh, gone blank as the Hurricanes head coach, but anyway, I just um, think 2015 when you're talking about Super Rugby, it's clearly the champions. So, yeah, <laughs> first thing that comes to mind. Thank you, Edward Chris Boyd. That's right. Um, okay, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so that's the Highlands Hurricanes. Um, Force Waratahs. Uh, this game was over in the first 15 minutes. Um, Three tries. It was twenty-four nil after fourteen minutes. Um, the, uh, the the force were just a mess at that point with their defence. Um, holes all over the place, disjointed. Just not. Uh, and the Waratahs just walked in. Um, the Waratahs, to, to be fair to the force, they tightened things up uh, and, uh, and 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 played much better rugby for the rest of the game. But if you're twenty-four points down after 15, fourteen minutes, the chances of winning that game is pretty much zilch. So, um, yeah. Um, Made it too easy, didn't they? The Waratahs just, just pretty much pumped them at the start and just cruised on. It was, it was kind of like autopilot sort of thing. Western Force tried to make some respectability out of it. I guess they, you could say they kind of did. They got some points on the board, um, unlike oh, the yeah. Chiefs failed to do recently. But, yeah. I mean, Ooh, it's, ouch! It's, ouch! <laughs> got to stab that at this. I mean... <laughs> Points on the board. Take your threes in the first half, at least. Come on, teams. <laughs> no, nah, Western Force, they got they got troubles. I think they got some sort of problems in there. And the Waratahs, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised at them winning that game, but surprised at the margin and, and how easily they went about it. And a lot of these tries were were like you say, they just waltzed their way in. They weren't mm. they weren't grafted tries, they weren't hard, they weren't spectacular and like, whoa, that was amazing. Um, like we've seen some of, but yeah, they just did the basic, you know, basic things that is where they got over the over the force. Right. And to be fair, look, the force came back, right? The force had 62% yeah. possession and 67% territory, right? The rest it's of the game. Like the blue, they're just like, we're leading by a million points. 
let's just see it out. Yeah, uh, and yeah, but the, the, yeah, the rest of the game was competitive. But the first four, but it was all over in the first quarter an hour anyway. So, um, so, mm-hmm. so, so, who cares? Now, I'm going to put some <laughs> Johans. Uh, I mean, yeah, but who cares about the rest of the game? You basically go to bed, don't you? Because it's, 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 it's all over. Yeah. Um, Johan keeps asking us about end games rugby. Um, yes, um, Cornflake and I both do remember the YouTube guy end games. Um, I know I talked to him on a, a, at least I was on one of his shows and I think he was on one of my shows. So I, I think you've had him on your shows before as well. Yep. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know where he's gone or what's happened to him. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, no, we both do remember him and both do uh, both were um, Good check. on uh, each other's shows. Yep, absolutely. Um, the uh, um, Did you hear Michael Checker is going to be? Yes, absolutely. Um, a man who says he didn't doesn't do any analysis. Have you seen how he does? How, look, Michael Checker is one of the best. Was been one of the best sort of pundits that we've seen. Yeah. On um, on TV, you trying to tell me he doesn't know doesn't know the rugby and doesn't do analysis. Bollocks. He's good. I actually, as far as yeah, the halftime shows kind of go, he's actually one that kind of you make watch them and go, yeah, that actually does make sense. He's actually that you know the kind of actually what he's looking at. It's deeper than you initially see on the surface, so mm. it's not bad. Better yeah. than the New Zealand ones, if I can have a gripe. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'll just sit back. Off you go. Jeez. I mean, Tony Johnson, um, Nisbet, and those guys. Even Marshall, I can, I can handle. But gee, Dag and his little buddies. Oh, terrible! Aren't they terrible? These guys, you guys in the chat. Now, you guys in the chat, you want to get some sort of analysis on the game. You don't want to hear about how Israel Dag's weekend went with with Corey Jane or things like that. I, I don't want matey mateys. I don't want, you know, what's the nickname so they give each other and things like that. Don't care. Don't care. Um, thank you, Simon. Nail on the head with that one. Yes. Um, analyze the game. Give us some insight. Tell us things. I mean, Justin Marshall, everyone hates him because of the way he over-razzle-dazzles and enjoyed that yes boy whatever but he does analyze the game pretty well and his comments generally uh are pretty decent but no um dag and those guys on the sideline um jeff Olson, okay but these new fellas coming in this season um yeah thank you nocturnal oh, yeah yep buzz they, phrases um, yeah good word it's all buzz phrases um edward says you'd rather listen to mexted 100 um, the um well, maybe in the. I mean, how old is he now? I mean, come on, hundred. Maybe in the past. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. One of the problem with commentators in, in New Zealand is they're all way, way past retirement date. Um, all and, former uh, players. No, 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 not, not, no, not. Talk, oh, yeah, all, all former players. Okay, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But the professional commentators, unfortunately, um, have lost their eyesight and uh, and and um, and yeah. So, but um, uh, and, and look. Um, I've forgotten who the the, um, the Highlanders guy that uh, got in trouble for his um, oh, uh, Japanese Wheeler. Joke. Uh, Wheeler. Yeah, I mean yep. he's, yeah, he's he's classic. He's been brought in to be matey mates. Does a matey mate thing, and they and they get pissed off about it. It's like, well, look, yeah, this is what, <laughs> this is what you've paid for. This is what you get, rather yep. than actual insight into the game. So um, yeah, it's all about names now. Chris Boyd uh, did an interview on the Rugby Dungeon. Um, and uh, talk about the difference of when you become a coach as opposed to a player, um, and especially head coaches. He says, look, the biggest thing is you've got to understand the full game. Players do not 
understand the full game. What they do is they understand their role extremely well. Israel Dagg's role is get on the end of the ball and put it down over the line, be in the right place to catch it. Well, that's what his role was, essentially. Now, I'm oversimplifying things, obviously, but a lot of the stuff he doesn't have to know about. And therefore, um, whilst he... Uh, um, so, so therefore, as a pundit, he becomes a bad a bad pundit. He's never had to be captain. He's never had to think about make those sort of decisions. Um, he's never actually been in playing that sort of, or maybe way back, but he doesn't, hasn't played 10, 9, where you're constantly looking at and trying to make decisions. Um, and therefore, he doesn't make a good pundit because he hasn't had the overview of the game. Um, he has had a very narrow, view, very narrow, extremely detailed, fantastic view of being an outside back. But that's not that doesn't necessarily make that doesn't make a good pundit. Mm-hmm. It depends um, on what they're looking for. Like, what does Sky actually want from those guys that do that role? That's ultimately their decision, isn't it? But to me, as a viewer. I, I would like that that sort of thing, like the Michael Checkers, like that that sort of halftime thing where they break down that play and say, "Hey, look, they're going with this sort of system to manipulate this sort of defensive pattern." I look at that and go, "Yeah, smart, you know." But Israel Dag sitting there talking about, you know, what he did three weeks ago, you know, it's just it, it is not the same. Chalk and cheese. What you want is someone who can put across complex situation uh, and insights in a language that mm-hmm. your casual fan can understand. Yep. Right? Uh, that's what you really want to do. Unfortunately, what Sky have gone down for is we've got to appeal to the casual fan. The way we appeal to the casual fan is with matey chat with names they know about. I know that guy. I know. I watched him play in the World Cup. He made adver- He made funny adverts with the um, with with the um, uh, with Air New Zealand when he didn't get selected for the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> Jeez, and my chief stagger was a bit was a bit sharp. Jeez. <laughs> and it, it's like the interviews as well. I'd prefer someone to sit there professionally and say, you know, hi John, what are your thoughts? Rather than, hey bro, you know, I, I just professional comments. You know, speak about what they did speak about. Um, just yeah, professionalism. I guess where to describe it. Uh, and Simon says, yeah, I've noticed the um, Sky are doing the ACC commentary. Absolutely, a bunch of um, let's say middle-aged white guy, white white guys who think they're funny. Yay, that's a way to uh, to, to to appeal to a diverse audience. Jeez, um, <laughs> it's just the same old people again. Um, maybe the ten fourteen guys. Yeah, now look, the ten fourteen guys. Um, unfortunately, they went and uh, uh, went over to um, Spark as part of the Rugby World Cup. Move thinking that they would. Um, I'm, 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 I'm guessing here, thinking there would be more rugby work there. Um, on, on going from that, uh, there wasn't. And Sky went. Anyone who went over to Tim, who went over to Spark, we're not touching with a barge pole. Fuck, go, beep off. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, and uh, you saw um, uh, Scotty Stevenson um, put out a tweet moaning about that his mates who he brought over all couldn't, all, all suddenly were out of work. Uh, well, mate, that's what uh, that's what uh, kind of happens sometimes when you burn bridges. Um, so, yeah, Sky were not um, Sky did not play nice uh, around mm. that, um, which is their um, commercial and decision up to them. But yeah, hey, Spark come in 
were with a bit of a heavy hand, didn't they? They come in, they really tried, and they still are to a degree, trying to really you know, plunge into that sort of sky viewer base. And they're still trying. But I think that initial thrust into it did ruffle a few feathers. I don't think it's worked in the long scheme. I think they seem to be, I don't know, just other people might see it another way, but they're not, they don't have that sort of impact that they have right at the start. They come in, they got a few big deals, uh, but now Sky is kind of resumed normalcy and they are kind of, I guess, keeping their weight on their side and, and, and dealing with things accordingly. But yeah, hey, they're fully from their right. You know, it, that that's like commercial war, isn't it? They're going at it like that. You're a direct rival now. You are you are completely against us. So that's business. Oh, look, and, and Sky, I mean, Sky's response was to get rid of John Follett, who was um, basically out of his depth running a company like that um, and had been in the draw way too long. Um, they've gone through two um, people uh, for, for, for that one. Um, and um, the uh, uh, gone through two, two, two CEOs since then. Um, and what, what did they do? They sold their, they, they literally sold themselves to New Zealand rugby to make sure they had rugby. Right, they were not going to allow yeah, it did. to get to a situation where Spark had could counterbid. They were before it becomes an open bidding process. Here you go, you can have X percent of the company to allow us to continue having rugby. They, yeah, I mean, they, 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 it caught Spark caused a massive change at New Zealand at at, um, at, at Sky. Let's be honest. Do Spark Sport have the rights to the Women's World Cup? Yes, they do. So the Women's Rugby World Cup will be on Spark, not on Sky. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't think the rights for the 2023 Rugby World Cup have been sold yet, um, as far as I can tell. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll have to see what whether Spark do try and bid for that. But basically, yeah, Spark came in. Let's try and get rugby. Failed um, because, yeah, Sky made, <laughs> Sky made sure they did not win. Um mm. And uh, with um, with the current viewing numbers, they're probably quite happy about that, actually. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if you want to be a powerhouse in New Zealand sort of television watching, that's, that's your go-to, isn't it? Cricket in the summer. Oh, geez, cricket's still the big thing in the summer these days. It was back in the day. But, yeah, and, and your rugby pretty much for 10 months of the year. That, that's your New Zealand viewership, isn't it? That's that's your meat and, meat and drink. Well, I, well I, I think actually league now. Is a is, 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 yeah. is, is a big one. I, I think you get you're probably getting more people watching league than you are rugby, unless it's an All Blacks test. Yeah, essentially it's true. Um, the I mean, w- one one of the things about Spark is that um, Spark changed its CEO um, uh, from from the CEO who wanted to have the uh, multi-channel and the media side to someone who wasn't less quite so interested, and so hence yes, they became less aggressive. Um, and um, uh, Simon's mentioned something about apparently TV3 are now owners of Spark, which might also change um, how the approach um, has uh, has taken. But anyway, there we go, folks. Um, enough uh, off media topic. talk. Off topic. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. There's, ooh, there's a rabbit hole. Let's go down it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great to have you back on the show, Steve. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you, everyone. Don't forget, 8 p.m. every Monday for the Drive More Show. Head over to um, patreon.com forward slash enter sport radio for exclusive content over there as well. Uh, and we've also got the standoff show, which is our NRL show on a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 
So um, thank you everyone for joining us and uh, see you all next Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.